0: Swiss Family Robinson Chapter 30 House in the Salt Rock Herring Fishery The lucky discovery of a previous existing cavern in the rock had, as must be supposed, considerably lessened our labor. Excavation was no longer requisite. I had more room than was wanted for the construction of our dwelling. To render it habitable was the present object, and to do this did not seem a difficult task. The upper bed of the rock in front of the cavern, through which my little Jack had dug so easily, was of a soft nature, and to be worked with moderate effort. I hoped also that, being now exposed to the air and heat of the sun, it would become by degrees as hard and compact as the first layer, that had given me so much trouble. From this consideration I began, while it retained its soft state, to make openings for the doors and windows of the front. This I regulated by the measurement of those I had fixed in my winding staircase, which I had removed for the purpose of placing them in our winter tenements, intending falcons' nest in future as a rural retreat for the hottest days of summer. The windows of the staircase became unnecessary, and as to the door, I preferred making one of bark similar to that of the tree itself, "'as it would be the better conceal our abode should we at any time experience evasion. "'The door and windows were therefore taken to tent-house, and to be hereafter fixed in the rock. "'I had previously marked out the openings to be cut for the frames, "'which were received into grooves for greater convenience and solidity. "'I took care not to break the stone taken from the apertures, or at least to reserve it in large pieces.' And these I cut with a saw and chisel into oblongs, an inch and a half in thickness to serve as towels. I laid them in the sun, and was gratified in seeing they hardened quickly. I then removed them, and my sons placed them in order against the side of the rock, till they were wanted for our internal arrangements. When I could enter the cavern freely with a good doorway, and it was sufficiently lighted by the windows, I erected a partition for the distribution of our apartments and other conveniences. The extent of the place afforded ample room for my design, and even allowed me to leave several spaces in which salt and other articles could be stored. At the request of my children, I was cautious to injure as little as possible the natural embellishment of the new family mansion, but with all my care I could not avoid demolishing them in the division allotted to the stables. Cattle were fond of sod and would not have failed to eat away these ornaments, and perhaps in a prejudicial quantity. However, to gratify and reward my obedient children, I preserved the finest of the pillars and the most beautiful pieces to decorate our saloon. The large ones served us for chairs and tables, the brilliant palisters at once enlivened and adorned the apartment, and at night multiplied the reflection of the lights. I laid out the interior in the following manner. A very considerable space was first partitioned off in two divisions. The one on the right was appropriated to our residence. That on the left was to contain the kitchen, stables, and workroom. At the end of the second division, where windows could not be placed, the cellar and storeroom were to be formed, the whole separated by partition boards with doors of communication, so as to give us a pleasant and comfortable abode. Favored so unexpectedly by what nature had already effected of the necessary labor, we were far is readily imagined that a plan of this extent was not to be executed as if by enchantment, and that was we satisfied ourselves in the first instance with doing that was most what was most urgent, reserving the residue for winter. Yet every day forward, the business more than we had been aware of, repining ungratefully at what remained to be done, and entertained full hope of completing the undertaking, or at least the chief parts, before winter. The side we designed to lodge in was divided into three apartments. The first, next the door, was the bedroom of my for my wife and me, the second a dining parlor, and la- the last a bedroom for the boys as we had only three windows. We put one in each sleeping room, the third was fixed in the kitchen where on every excursion we brought something from Falcon Stream that found its place in the new house where we deposited likewise in safety the remaining provisions from the tent. The long stay we made at tent House during these employments furnished us an opportunity of receiving several advantages we had not reckoned up on. Immense turtles were often seen on the shore, where they deposited their eggs in the sand, and they regaled us with a rich treat. But extending our wishes, we thought of getting possession of the turtles themselves for livestock, and of feasting on them whenever we pleased as soon as we saw one on the sands one of my boys was dispatched to cut off its retreat meanwhile we approached the animal and quickly without doing it any injury turned it on its back then passed a long cord through the shell and tied the end of it to a stake which we fixed close to the edge of the water this done we set the prisoner on his legs again it hastened into the sea but could not go beyond the end of the cord Apparently, it was all the happier finding food with more facility along shore than out at sea, and we enjoyed the idea of being able to take it when wanted. I say nothing of sea lobsters, oysters, and many other small fishes which we could catch in any number. The large lobsters whose flesh was tough and coarse were given to the dogs, who preferred them to potatoes, but we shortly after becoming possessors to, of another excellent winter provision, which chance unexpectedly procured us. One morning, when near Safety Bay, a singular sort of spectacle presented itself. At some distance from the shore, an extensive surface of the water seemed in a state of ebullition as if heated by a subterraneous fire. It swelled, subsided, foamed like boiling water. A large number of aquatic birds hovered over it. Sometimes they darted along the surface of the water. Sometimes rose in the air, flying in a circle, pursuing each other in every direction. We were at a loss to judge whether sportiveness, pleasure, or warfare produced their motions. My wife and the boys stood for a long time admiring this phenomenon and indulged themselves in various ludicrous conjectures concerning it till I at last informed them that the movable bank before us was neither more nor less than a shoal of herrings about to enter safety bay and fall into our hands. All now had questions without end to propose about their appearing in such numbers, and I answered that at a certain season herrings leave the frozen sea together in a heap. They swim so close to each other and occupy such a space as to appear like a bank or island of sand, several leagues in breadth, some fathoms deep and sometimes above a hundred thousand long. They afterwards divide into bodies, directing their course to the coasts and bays where they spawn, that is, leave their eggs among the stones and sea plants, and to these spots fishermen from all parts go to catch them. The herring appear eager to reach those parts where the tide is lowest, to escape the ferocity of the large fishes which pursue them by getting into shallow water, but in doing this they become an easier prey to the birds and to man. Disposed to destruction in so many ways, one might wonder the species is not extinct, if nature had not provided against these accidents by their astonishing fecundity. 68,656 eggs have been found in a moderate sized female. Thus, they continue undiminished, notwithstanding the vast numbers which are destroyed. By this time the shoal of herrings had reached the entrance of our bay. They made a loud rustling noise in the water, leaping over each other and displaying their scales of silver hue. This accounted for the luminous sparks we had seen emitted from the sea and which we could not have previously explain. We had no time for further contemplation, but hastened to unharness our team and supply the want of nets with our hands in catching the herrings. The boys used the largest gourds in lieu of pails, which were no sooner dipped in than field, and we would have been at a loss where to stow them, had I not thought of employing the condemned boat of tubs. It was accordingly drawn to the water's edge by the buffalo and placed on rollers. My wife and the two youngest lads cleaned it whilst the other two went to the cavern for salt, and I quickly fitted up a sort of tent of sailcloth on the strand, so as to keep off the rays of the sun while we were busied in salting. We then all engaged in the task, and I allotted to each a share adequate to his strength and skill. Fritz took his station in the water to bring us the herrings as fast as caught. Ernest and Jack cleansed them with knives. Their mother pounded the salt. Francis helped all, and I placed them in tubs as I had seen done in Europe, while a joyous shout declared the general activity. I put a layer of salt at the bottom of the barrel, then a fish the heads toward the staves. Proceeding thus till my tubs were nearly full, I spread over the last layer of salt large palm-tree leaves on these a piece of sailcloth, and fitted in two half-rounded planks for a heading which i pressed down with stones this effected i put the buffalo in that and the ass in the cart took the cart again and conveyed it to our cool cellar in the rock in a few days when the herrings were sunk i closed the barrel more accurately, by means of a coating of clay and flax over the cloth, which kept out air and moisture completely, and secured us an excellent food for winter. Scarcely had we finished our salting when another novelty occurred. A number of sea dogs came into the bay and river that had followed the herrings with the utmost greediness, sporting in the water along shore, without evincing any fear of us. The fish presented no attraction to the palate, but its skin tanned and dressed makes excellent leather. I was in great need of it for straps and harness, to make saddles for Fritz and Jack, to ride the and buffalo, and in short, for our own use, to cut up into soles, belts, and pantaloons, of which articles we much wanted a fresh supply. Besides, I knew the fat yielded good lamp oil, that might be substantial for tapers in the long evenings of winter, and that it would be further useful in tanning and rendering the leather pliant." We had the good fortune to be again successful, and in a short time we secured a sufficient number of them, and carefully preserved the fat of which we collected a large quantity. It was first put into a copper, melted and cleansed properly, then poured into caskets and kept for the tan, house and lamp. When time should allow, I purposed making soap with it, and this design excited my wife's zeal in the unpleasant, though ultimately useful task we were engaged in. We also took care of the bladders, which are very large for the purpose of holding liquids. The remaining parts that could not be turned to account were thrown into the river. At this time I likewise made some improvements in our sledge to facilitate the carrying of stones from Falcon stream to our dwelling in the rock at Tent House. I raised it on two beams on axle-trees at the extremities of which I put on the four gun carriage wheels I had taken off the cannon from the vessel. By this alteration I obtained a light and convenient vehicle of moderate height, on which boxes and caskets could be placed. Pleased with the operations of the week, we set out all together, with cheerful hearts for Falcon stream, to pass our Sunday there, and once more offer our pious thanks to the Almighty for all the benefits he has bestowed upon his defenseless creatures. Where my wife would often be, a grating for the present fell to the lot of our dining room, which, when too cold, was to be exchanged for one of the other apartments. I contrived a good fireplace in the kitchen near the window. I pierced the rock a little above, and four planks nailed together, and passing through this opening answered the purpose of a chimney. We made the workroom of sufficient dimensions for the performance of undertakings of some magnitude. It served also to keep our cart and sledge in. Lastly, the stables, which were formed into four compartments to separate the different species of animals, occupied all the bottom of the cavern on this side. On the other were the cellar and the magazine.